I'm Ruth, the host of Unleash Your Goddess. My guest today is an amazing lady who went from trauma to trauma, but just ploughed on and kept strong. There was a massive twist to her story when her fiancé of six years left for another woman just before they were due to get married. This was the tip of the iceberg that came crashing down around her. Her world was turned upside down. I'd like to welcome Yvonne Whiteside to the podcast today. Thank you for taking the time out to come and share your journey, Yvonne. Yvonne learned in her lowest moment, it's okay not to be okay. As she reached out and got helped, new doors opened. Now her life has totally changed for the good. Hello, Yvonne. Welcome to the show today. Hi, thanks for having me. You're welcome. It's a pleasure to have you here. I'm really looking forward to hearing your journey and what tools you use to get through. Can you tell us why you want to share your amazing journey today? For me, I've, especially over the last 10 years, I've had quite a turbulent time, especially with relationships. I think it's very easy to lose your confidence in yourself um, and it erodes away at who who you truly are. I think when you get to a point where you've all of a sudden hit a wall and you've all of a sudden don't recognise how you've got to where you are and who you are, and then that journey of trying to piece yourself back together again can be sometimes quite daunting and painful. And I think for me, I want to encourage others to know that they can do it even though it might feel difficult, that they can. It's just ensuring that you get the right support and the right help and leaning on the right people and that no one should really feel alone when they're going through dark times or difficult journeys. Yeah. And quite often we do, don't we? When we're going through stuff, we feel like we know there's others out there going through the same thing, but you still feel that loneliness and that you do. It's all relative. And I always say that no problem is bigger or smaller than anyone else's because it's relative to you. And I think we're all very, as human beings, we're very, we feel very guilty about how we feel about our own problems. Yes. And so yes. we try either not to share and hide them, but actually by sharing them, it makes other people feel less alone in their journeys or their difficulties. But you forget that when you're going through the process or when you're going through processes. Yes, that's right. And a lot of times, I know in the past, I thought, well, everyone else is going through their own stuff. They don't want to know about my stuff I'm going through. No, you, yeah. you, sometimes you don't want to put on others, do you? We put don't. a lot on their plate. There's a lot of, you know, everyone around us is like going through their own stuff. So why enough exactly. do they want to hear about mine? Exactly. <laughs> but sometimes hearing someone else's story is a break from their own. And actually, and I've actually witnessed that. I mean, I've got several friends that are going through some very difficult times themselves but they're more interested to hear about mine because it breaks it gets them away from their their journey and their story for a bit and I want to hear about theirs because it kind of distracts you from your own yeah and also it's offering that support as well yeah do you think as well it helps them to open up as well by you being open and talking about what you went through I find it helps it helps others to maybe stuff that maybe they feel like it's a bit silly talking about that or isn't as bad as you said it isn't as yeah. bad you know I'm being silly but then when you hear someone else you're like oh actually <laughs> no that isn't right no and I think since piecing myself together this year it really hit me about five months ago but and I've been slowly rebuilding myself for the last five months but with that 
I've been building lots and lots and lots of new friendships. And actually, it's surprising that if you are open, so many other people want to be open with you because it helps them. I've had it the other day. I went to a spiritual event and I had a lady who I haven't seen in years and she's going through a difficult time. And I said, I know what you mean. I've been there. And all of a sudden she's like, can we go for a drink? Can we go for a chat? And I'm like, of course we can. Cause yeah. actually it's that connection, isn't it? And yes. it's, you're not alone and with whatever your that's journey right. you're going through. Yeah, that's right. But we're going to go back to your childhood. Did you have a happy <laughs> childhood? I did. I love my parents to bits. They're, they're my rocks. And, you know, parents being parents, they're not perfect. They're not given a hand manual or anything from none of us no, are. We no. have to. <laughs> so they, did, they did the best they can, and especially when we hit teenage years. But my most fondest memories are when we, um, my dad was in the Navy and we were stationed out in Italy for a few years when I was younger and I had I remember being at school and I had three in the back in the days when you have those career uh, path workers and I had three items on my list it was either join the Royal Navy a a cartographer don't know why I was in because I love maps yeah an air hostess so I actually went on to college to do leisure and tourism because I wanted to do I wanted to go and travel I wanted to go and be an air hostess I wanted to be that didn't actually happen in the end, but I did go. I did go on to do working in a travel agency when I was younger after I left college. That's close I, enough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hindsight, looking back now, I wouldn't want to be an air hostess. But at the time, when I was 16, 17, I was making my choices. But I actually met my who was then to be my husband when I was at college. So that took me down a different path. Yes. What age did you meet him? I was 16, 17. So I just turned 17. I got married at 17, so I was, I was young as well. When I had uh, 20 odd years, yeah, I was married. I got married at 20, so I wasn't far behind you. Yeah. <laughs> and then how many children did you have? Two children. Oh. Yeah, I was with him. I was with him for 16 years. So happy marriage? Yes and no. Initially, burst into glasses. I was 16, 17 when I met him. He was five years older than me. I loved him. I, you know, he could do no wrong. I worshipped the ground he walked on. And, you know, as time goes on, you you grow, don't you? And actually, when I met him, I hadn't actually grown up, really. I hadn't come into who I needed to be. And whilst you're trying to do that with someone and then have a child, it it does change you. And what I didn't see when I was younger, because you're blissfully unaware, is that he was actually quite a dominating character and quite emotionally abusive, very narcissistic behaviour. And it changed me massively to the point where I'd become indecisive about decisions. Um, I had moments where um, he would be um, aggressive. I'd be pinned down on the on uh, pinned down where if we'd fallen out and he wouldn't let me go until I was calm. And I I normalised some of this behaviour. Yes. Yeah. And it's so weird to look back on this thinking, how did I mean, I stayed with him for 16 years. And, you know, the mind games, the the tactics that you you just think normal and then and it's only until it's only when you're out of it that you realize actually it really really wasn't yes yeah at Um, what point did you 
decide this isn't right I'm not going to be threat like this he had a he had an affair when Elliot my son was one my daughter was five uh, with a 19 year old that really shook me to the core and I was only 27 at the time and I should have left him then I should have walked away at that point and I didn't I stayed in the relationship and it probably wasn't it wasn't healthy but I was scared to be on my own at 27 with a one-year-old and a five-year-old. It just wasn't what I signed up for. I mean, I'm a big believer in marriage is a commitment yes. and you should make it work. And, and unfortunately, I see it a lot more these, these days where marriage doesn't have the same resonance as it used to. And I, I just think that's really sad. But at that time, I'd made my bed, I'd chosen my path and actually I needed to make it work. So I took him back, did make me ill. And then I stayed with him for another two years. I made a mistake and I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't publicize his mistake at all. And I stayed with him for two years and I made an error where wrongly or rightly, I had a fling and I don't condone my behavior. I think it was a way of me not knowing how to get out of a relationship. Yeah. It doesn't make it right. However, what he did was he paraded, it felt like metaphorically he paraded me through the streets. Yeah. Um, and basically told any, he aired all our dirty laundry and made me, made me really suffer for it. I stayed with him sillily for another year after that. We, I remember being at a camping event with him and he was just watching my every move. I mean, I've had spy software on my phone. I've, yeah, you know, yeah. He was watching me everywhere I went at this camping event, dancing. I went to the dancing tent. I was dancing with this this guy who was gay, by the way. Not that it would matter. Not that it should matter. Yeah, yeah. But he really pulled me aside and, and had a massive go at me. And I just remember this immense I don't even know what, where it came from, but I just stood there and I looked at him and it came from my belly and I just put my hands up like, like as if to say, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. I've had enough of the relationship and yeah. I'm leaving you. I don't think he believed me. And I, I, I was shaking because I, I knew I meant it. And I don't think I even really believed my own words and my own voice. But the next day I packed my bags from this campsite and Brilliant. I went, I went home and I was still determined and I made my own way home from Kent, from the train, on the buses, got home, told my mum, I've told him I'm leaving. That's it. I'm not. I was absolutely fine on. I didn't know what was the future was going to look like or anything, but I was completely made up. That was it. And then I sort everything else out. And I still remember that day that I, because I still felt like it was like something corrupted in me. Yeah. I? I think you just get to that point where you just can't take any more. And that's no. it, isn't it? You just get to the end of your of the line and that is it. And I think if people like family and friends around you can obviously see you going through this, they kind of like, well, come on, leave, leave, leave. But you until you're ready and you get easy. to that point, it's not yeah. easy. It's it not isn't. easy. It's not easy to do that because everyone, I think everyone, it's human nature to belong and have purpose. And I think if you become so accustomed to something, it's very hard to let that go or release that. And you become you become addicted to a certain way of living or addicted to um, accepting certain behaviours because 
it's better that way than not and from the unknown but actually and I'm not saying that my journey has been easy since I left him goodness no it hasn't been and I knew it wasn't going to be easy I knew it was going to be hard I didn't realize how hard but to be honest I'd probably still make the same decision yes weirdly yeah so how did you cope the days after that and the weeks and how did you start getting your life back for me I was working back at work full-time by this point that I'd made the decision to leave him so I had managed to find somewhere to rent because he he basically turned around and said that I couldn't stay at the house and because the landlord wouldn't feel comfortable with a single woman and children there so I was like right okay fine that's not going to stop me because I thought okay here we go tactic yeah so I actually managed to find somewhere I, I, I sillyly looking back now it was probably a bad move but I found somewhere within the same village because I didn't I didn't want it to it to be difficult on the children yeah how old was they five and when he had his affair so Elliot Elliot was four by this point yeah. It was three years on from when um, he had his affair. So then I managed to find somewhere to rent, uh, managed to organise a childminder. I was excited. I felt relieved. I'd left the relationship. I was ready to go and I was ready to stand on my own two feet, even though it was going to be difficult. And don't get me wrong, I had days where I, or evenings where I sobbed against the dishwasher yeah. if it was broken or, you know, I've had my moments. and But... I left him and I don't think he actually believed that I would do it. And I managed to get, I managed to get some stability for me and the children and the children. I changed schools as well because they were at a school where I had to endure bullying from the woman who man I'd been involved with. Yeah. Um, But it was, it was on a massive scale. So I actually left. New start. um, New start, remove yeah. the children, and basically wasn't letting him call the shots anymore. And I just managed to create some kind of structure. Yeah. And then I had, uh, unfortunately, I then lost my job at the time, just after I secured this house. So that sent me into a panic. So I was thinking, oh, I've just taken on this house on yeah. my own, and then. I managed to get another job, thankfully, but it did require me to look at the option of sharing custody with my ex-husband. And I didn't want him to not be part of the children's lives. I don't think that that is fair. I think if they've got a dad, they should have that opportunity to have a relationship. I'm a big believer in that. The only reservation I had at the time was the impact that, obviously I wanted to leave the relationship for reasons which is very hard to explain to someone looking from the outside in if they don't know what a magician he can be and I shared custody and I don't regret that I think the kids have had the benefit of having their dad however my ex-husband's behavior very quickly turned to my daughter and I don't know whether it's a feminine thing or not, but he certainly treat he treated my, our daughter very differently to our son, and I would say not too dissimilarly to how he used to treat me. And how uh, old was she at that point? At that time, he was nine, and she's now seventeen. Yeah. And her relationship isn't—they're working on it, but she lives with me permanently yeah. now because she got to the point where she couldn't do it anymore. 
yeah but she made that decision I couldn't make that decision I wasn't going to you have to be very careful because even though I was getting a lot of abuse over the years that I've been co-parenting with him I mean some of the messages I've had some of the abuse that I've had in terms of being made out to be a bad mum or I'm never there or I'm not doing things to his standard and it's been relentless I can't explain it to someone you have to live it and you yes. know when I when I met my my ex-fiance he was amazed he didn't realize how bad it was until he actually started living it with me and he could then clearly see yeah the manipulation the game tactics because it still continued even though I wasn't with him or married to him I still felt married to him or unable to escape him because I felt like I had to communicate with him because of the children so hard isn't it it is I mean I do feel sorry for the kids I do because and I felt guilty for a really long time I had to have counseling on it because I made that decision to leave and I don't regret it and my son does turn around and says to me I'm glad you two aren't together you're better off not together that's good um, my daughter's taken longer, but then she saw a lot more than my son and she has experienced a different relationship with her dad than my son has. Yeah. And I just say to her, look, your dad is your dad. He loves you and you love him. Decide what you're prepared to accept and not accept. And I said, and you don't have to always accept the way he treats you if you're not happy with it. And that's taken a long time to teach her that. That's good because that's teaching her then if she gets in a relationship, God forbid, if they're abusive, that teach her to say, no, I'm not going to be treated like that, mm, doesn't it? Does. Uh, then how did you meet your my new man? My parents were opening a pub and I, I actually used to go to school with him years ago and we have a mutual friend, you know, Facebook being Facebook. Yeah. I, um, I had added him on there and I said, look, my parents have opened a new pub and if you fancy coming to the open event, feel free join us and he couldn't make it um and he said I'll I'll come over some other time and then he messaged me out of the blue so I met him in town and we hit it off straight away and it just felt really I felt the spark and it connected very well I thought and then obviously and we we got together very quickly slowly very I say slowly it felt very quick when he moved in did you see any red flags at all at that point there were a couple, there were a couple of red flags but I am I'm only so even though I, pick, I picked them up at the time I ignored them and the reason I ignored them is because I really liked him and to be honest with you I should have listened to my instincts the red flag there were red flags there and but can I, I ask what they were he didn't always have a lot to say and I'm quite um, an open person I like to talk but I also don't like to do all the talking yeah. I like to hear yeah, I like a mutual conversation. I ignored that. I just put it down to, oh, he'll he'll talk more as we progress. The big red flag that I should have listened to. I'm quite um, a tactile, warm, emotional person. I connect um, on an emotional level, and he didn't. And I just thought that that would come with time. I thought, you know, he's just getting to know me. Um, very what I would now describe as avoidant. It's, it's, an, it's an avoidant partner, emotionally avoidant partner. It's only now that I can look at that with hindsight after the five months of grief that I've gone through. You got engaged. How long was you together yeah. before you got engaged? We, you went to Bali, did you? Yeah, we did. I met him in 2015 
and we got engaged in, uh, we bought a house together in 2016 and got engaged in 2018. So we've been together quite a while planning our wedding no red you know we, we we were happy we had the same plans we had the same dreams we had the same goals I don't think COVID has helped at all no. but also I I don't want to use that as the main excuse because actually I think this is more after five months of grief and soul searching I I do think this is more about him and his decision and about what he hasn't managed to kind of compartmentalize before he's it's got himself into a relationship yeah can you tell us what happened so it was March this year he was working away in Eastbourne and he was working away for the week he just seemed distant this is very normal we've had we've had conversations around communication and you know this this isn't can't keep me at an arm's length all the time you need to start meeting me otherwise you know, I'm going to be pulling away. Not that saying that's what I wanted. He went away to Eastbourne and I could see he was online on WhatsApp. My daughter was utterly convinced. She said, honestly, mum, I, I don't know. I just don't trust him at the minute. There's something going on. And do you know what? She was 100% right. Because I asked him outright, are you seeing anyone? Are you chatting to anyone? And so like, I'm not seeing anyone. I was like, my heart hit the floor. So what does that mean then? You're you're chatting to someone. I mean, chatting to someone could mean a whole hundred different yeah. things. But I knew in the way he was saying it, it was more than just me and you chatting yeah. or a friend chatting. He yeah. mentioned that, yeah, I am chatting to someone, as in there was something more to it. He was he was an Eastbourne and he chose to confess that to me when he was miles away from where we lived. And there was nothing I can do about it. I was just beside myself and my friend had to come down and stay with me. And I, I just felt a mess. I couldn't think, I couldn't eat, I couldn't, you know. And he kept me at a distance that whole week. He wasn't phoning me, he wasn't talking to me, nothing. He gave me nothing. He just kept me at a distance. And anyway, he turned up on the Thursday night after he'd been away. And I got the house clean, did the dinner, everything. I was like, let's talk about this. And he basically sat there and coldly turned around and said to me he hadn't been into me for over a year and that the only reason he the only reason he was with me was because lockdown had happened and he would have had nowhere else to go and yet he'd been watching me plan this wedding that we were supposed to be having and the the wedding was cancelled last year because of covid so it's not like he hadn't had plenty of time to sort of come clean yeah I rightly or wrongly, I, I, I regret, regret doing this. I did slap him around the face, but I was so hurt. He might as well have stabbed me in the chest with a, a knife. That's how it felt. Yeah. Got angry about that. And then he calmed down and then we talked and I said, would, would you agree to go counseling with me? Let's see if we can work this out. And he agreed. He then slept with me that night and then he got up the next day and he went, right, I'm off to work then. And there was something weird about his stance but I went over to give him a hug and he pulled away a little bit he off he went I texted him a couple of times up until midday and then he stopped texting and then he didn't come home that night devastating come home at all I heard nothing from him I had to phone his parent his dad didn't have a clue and then the next thing I get is a phone call from his mum having a go at me 
and demanding me to bring some stuff around in a bag and accusing me of slapping her boy, regardless of the fact that I've just been in bits all week, not knowing if my relationship is still together or not. That that he's turned around and said he hasn't been into me for a year, and yet I'm the one that's being. Anyway, he didn't. I, I didn't speak to him all that weekend, and then he finally came to speak to me on the Monday. And he said he'd made up his mind. There was no reconciliation. He wanted out. Nothing. No, nothing. There was no talking about it. And then it transpires that a week after he's in bed and in the arms of this other woman anyway. She was already waiting in the wings. She knew all about me. I knew nothing about her. He made sure that her identity was protected. It felt like he was going to great lengths to protect her, but without even considering my thoughts or my feelings in in any of this two weeks later he phoned me he wanted to sell the house and I was just like excuse me I think I need to have some more time grieving actually yes Um, anytime he came to the house he would just swan in and say oh I've just come in to pick this up and pick that up and I'm just like no you need to give me some space and I packed his stuff and put it in the garage and then he got quite aggressive and said don't forget I own half of this house every time he came to the house he was aggressive he would shout at me in in the street from his car um, accused of us it almost felt like he was so angry at m- me and my children for the way he was feeling in hindsight now it's just because he was angry at himself I think it was mirroring onto you I think yeah. really because I'm I'm just still sat there with my mouth open I mean my counsellor was just like you're still led on the floor and your back going what the hell's hit me yeah and I was like that for a very very long time weeks and weeks and you know he's he's wanting to plow forward and sell things and I'm just like I haven't even got up off the floor yet so it I mean I was very broken I when I found out he'd slept with her and he was with her and he'd been with her, I remember saying to him, because I remember feeling heartbroken and desperate. I was just like, okay, don't worry. We can we can move past this. Let's forget this other woman. Let's put her to one side. I was so amenable. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that I snapped that night in terms of my emotions. It really was just, um, it broke me to the point where I got to an utterly, utterly dark place with, with all of the abuse from my ex-husband over the years and the, the trying to co-parent or not co-parent with him. You know, my daughter's had health issues yeah. with her, her mental health. You know, she's just recently finally been diagnosed with ADHD and autism. And, you know, I've been saying for years I've had no support from the services to now this final blow that should have been my slice of happiness. Yeah. Just knocked me for six. I couldn't get up, couldn't get off the floor. No, that was five months ago, wasn't it? Yeah. What would you say now, looking back to someone that is going through the same thing? It sounds really, really cliche. And I really remember people saying to me, it will get better. It will get better. And I really utterly remember I don't think I'll ever forget how I felt. I, and I felt I felt like this for a really, really long time. And don't get me wrong, I still have moments now where I didn't think it would get better. I really didn't. And I've had I've I am lucky and fortunate to have a network of good friends and good family. And they have literally 
propped me up. They have taken my phone calls at any time of the day, however many times a day. They've heard me repeat my same thoughts, my same thought processes. Because you find when you have a trauma like that, you do have a tendency to go over stuff and analyse stuff until until there's nothing left to analyse and you need to do it. You feel like you're going crazy sometimes, but at some point, at some point you will realize actually I need to break this cycle because I'm I'm doing my own heading now going yeah. after this and I need to move on from this bit. And you do creep away and out of that darkness really slowly. But it is amazing how much something like that can affect you. Yeah. Have you forgiven him, do you think? It's early um, days, isn't it? It is. I'm in communication with him because obviously I'm tr- I'm trying to buy the house from him. I am on my road to forgiving him and myself because that's more important. Yes. Uh, and I feel more stronger about the forgiveness element some days than others. And I think it's just part of that. You're going to have that ebb and flow of feeling stronger about some things than some days and, and not so other days. Yeah. It's, He's still betrayed me, he's still hurt me. And he's, you know, he's betrayed my children. My children yeah. thought he was in it for the long haul. Yeah. You don't, yeah. Six and a half years isn't. That's really. a long time. You got to a point that you felt so down that you attempted suicide. Looking at who I am now, five months on. And now I do think about that day that I did that. And I think how far I've come. And this is why I would say to anyone out there, it isn't going to be easy. It's going to be a really painful journey for healing. And you just have to be patient and kind with yourself. Because to think back to where I was that day, I utterly, utterly, and I've got two beautiful kids. But but for me to just get to that point where I didn't want to exist anymore is sad. I felt so broken by being quashed over the last 10 years where I've tried to be the strong person, pull my bootstraps up and keep going. And actually, that's all well and good. And that's all well and good advice that you can give people. Oh, you're, you're a strong person. Keep going. Well, actually, it's okay not to be okay, And that doesn't mean you're weak. By implying any different just makes that person feel like they can't grieve or be the way they need to be without appearing that they're not strong and I think I think it's how we perceive what strong looks like and what weak looks like yeah and sometimes we do that on our own but I also think society has a role to play in how we perceive what strength looks like and um, I never thought I would be that broken and it's certainly you know a lot of people are like well it was just over one man and it's like no it wasn't just about one man this was about he was the he was the tip of the iceberg yes final crack of stuff that had been building over the last 10 years that I hadn't one addressed properly um and you know I was just plowing on with my life trying to make things stable or make things a certain way that I actually wasn't grieving properly about things that had happened in those 10 years or processing things properly or making time for self or valuing myself or self-love and self-worth I was just tunnel visioned Um, and that's something that I've really learned over the last five months about putting self first it's been hard it's been really hard do you think from that time when the attempted suicide do you think things began to 
get better from there? Like you, you reached out for help and realised that it you needed little, that help? It took a little while. Even when I was released from hospital, my mum, bless her, she held all of my medications and I had to go and get them regularly from her. Like I was on acute anxiety tablets and citralopram. Um, and I had to go and get my medicine and I started counselling straight away and the mental health practitioners were really good actually from the GP the GPs were brilliant I think without their support without professional support I don't think I would be where I am now because I just couldn't see a way out I didn't trust myself even even when I was released from hospital they wouldn't let they wouldn't let me have medicines in the house but actually I didn't want them because I still felt too inclined yes I felt too vulnerable to, it wouldn't take much to make me snap again. Too fragile, too yeah. fragile. I was just going to say, I feel like I'm talking about a different person. Yeah. It's That's how weird it feels. Yeah. But I know I was still her. Yeah. So what was the turning point for you where you became, you felt stronger? And- um, I had some time off work. I don't think I had long enough of work, but I, they were very supportive. And I, they, they would have given me more and they've been supportive even now still. I would absolutely swear by counselling. I've been having counselling sessions every Friday for, I can't even remember now. It, I, I started them, so it must have been end of April. That's helped me process quite a lot. I think having my friends be my cheerleaders and telling me I can do this, even though I felt like I couldn't. Yes. Yeah. Dragging me out, even if I didn't want to be dragged out. And do you know what? There were times when I would just go and lay in bed and cut and just sob. Yeah. And that's okay too. You know, I, I remember feeling not present for a very long time. You know, I'd sit and watch a movie with the children and I didn't, I don't even know what movie I was watching. I wasn't there. Yeah. I think sometimes we're too hard on ourselves, aren't we? I think we're all guilty of that. I think yeah. we all think we should be further on than what we are. And I still do it now. I have to keep myself in check, but I'm more mindful of it. Trauma comes in very odd ways, different for everyone. And diff- people have different resilient levels on how much stress they can take, on what stress looks like for them, what would be more traumatic for one person would be completely different for another. And I th- I think I was quite surprised how this hit me, but at the time, but and I think there was this expectation on myself that I should be fine now. You know, I find that I have a little sob about him now and then. Yeah. It doesn't deserve it doesn't deserve my tears. But like my counsellor said, the tears aren't for him. It's for They're you. for me. Yeah. They're for me. They're not for him. They're for my dreams that I lost. Therefore my wedding that didn't happen therefore my baby that we thought we were going to have they were and they were the the breadcrumbs of lives effectively of something that was never intended by him and so you you're left questioning yourself who was I with for the last six and a half and how did I not see that and then slowly but surely you do see these red flags and you just think I should have walked it should have been me that should have left but I chose not to because I'm loyal and actually maybe I did settle and I think it could have been it could have ended a lot more differently and I guess that's my my route to forgiveness for him I have told him I don't hate him I might be angry at him at times yes yeah 
done, all in all, is he a bad person? No, I don't believe he is a bad person. Did he treat me appallingly in this time? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think he knows that. Or even if he doesn't know it and he wants to ignore it because of his own coping mechanisms, there will come a time in his life where he will reflect on this and he will reflect on his behaviour. Yeah, because I believe that once once you close the door on, on something, when a new door opens and good things begin to happen, I know that's coming up about what's happened yeah. to you. And that's great as you've got the healing and you're closing that door and, and going through the healing, that good things are beginning to happen. But before we do, yeah. I know you said I'm tired, but grateful to be tired is a sign that I have traveled and it's okay to feel weary, but equally it's okay to rest and recharge. And that is so powerful. That, that really hit me when I read that. That is so true. I know I've journeyed this year. I feel it in my bones. I feel it in my soul. But I also know how far I've come in five months. And I am really proud. It's not very often I would give myself a pat on the back, but I actually am. Amazing. Actually, I think more people should do it to themselves and more people should. My friends, they have just straightened my crown so many times in these last five months that you don't need a man. <laughs> Not you don't need a man when you've got a friend, friend, yes. friendship circle like this. And and also, and I think the other thing is, it's made me really help see my value and my my self worth again. I wouldn't have been able to do that without the support of my friends and my family. My mum and dad have been nothing but supportive, and yes, they irritate me because. They're so desperate to try and fix me. Bless them. And I have to say that I have to do this journey on my own because as much as it hurts you to see me in the pain, I have to mend my own way and in my own time. Do you find as you're going within that you're then finding tools that you didn't realise you had to help yourself get through? Yeah, I um, I always used to, I, many years ago, I used to do a lot of yoga and I lost track of that. I do a lot of yoga. I do a lot of meditation and guided meditations, chakra meditations on YouTube. I listen to them all the time. I have done for years, but I, especially in this last five months, they became a crutch. Yes. Binaural beats I listen to on YouTube. And actually, I'm a big fan of any sort of inspirational speakers. Can you tell us a few inspirational speakers for those listening? There's Elizabeth Gilbert. And I'll come on because I know you want to ask me. What oh, I yes. Think. There are loads of channels on online where you've got people that really talk. There's the... Um, there's a channel that talks about psychology and personalities of people. I learned a lot about the dumpy and the dumper and what processes they go through, about emotional and um, avoidant and attachment relationship styles. There's a lot of self-learned a lot about my process how people kind of attach themselves to certain types of people it's really interesting yeah yeah I found that because I've been in abusive relationships as well and I found I kept going into abusive abuse until in the end I was like right okay I'm gonna start looking at me I'm gonna take time to start healing because I was always helping everyone else caring for everybody and there for everybody else and I was like no I'm gonna start with me 
and I started going within healing and then obviously that puts out the right vibe <laughs> it does I'm a big believer in um vibration vibrations and raising your vibrations and um, I think that's exactly what I've been focusing on the last five months I remember initially in the beginning I became very hooked on tarot readings and what I found I did is initially I was always trying to seek answers about what he's doing, how he's feeling, does he miss me and all of that. And then I found that actually I was getting really bored of that. I don't want to know what he's doing and how he's feeling. I want to know yes. what's next for me. Yes. I want to know how I'm doing. And actually I started to channel into different tarot readers to see how I felt. And I, I was a bit addicted to, to them to begin with. And I did find them useful, but actually now I don't do so many and I'm more, more reading up on my psychology stuff and looking about focusing on my meditation and being with friends, my yoga. I've started rereading again. I've started cooking again. Me being you, so, you're finding you. That's exciting. Yeah, and I think it takes time because you don't feel like doing a lot when you're going through that. Yeah, yeah. Hate the world. And so at the start, did you make yourself do them things or did you feel like it? I couldn't, not in the beginning. I was yeah. not, I, I would describe myself as a shell. I didn't have any desire for anything. I just floated. Initially, I was on an adrenaline rush of nerves and barely slept and barely ate and was just here, there and everywhere just to keep busy. And the weight, I mean, I lost a stone and a half in a week. It was, it yeah. was just, that's trauma, that's stress. Yes, isn't it? Shock. that is. You're spiritual. You've been on a spiritual journey for 10 years, over 10 years. So you yes. do Reiki. I do. Um, tell me more a bit about that because you've got Reiki 1 and 2. I've got Reiki 1, but that was like years ago now. My ex-husband, I met a friend who I got really close with and I, I knew, I just felt different anyway. And I just, I was talking to her about how I feel like I can, can like relax people with my hands. And she said, oh, it sounds like Reiki and just it opened up a door and I found a teacher online and she was based in Stansted. did that. So do you feel that someone has watched over you through your life? Yes. Because I know you said about being close to your spirit guides. Yeah. Um, and they've obviously, they help you through and give you the strength as um, well. Through these last five months, I have definitely felt their presence. And in, even when I felt really tired and emotional, I just feel that they're there and sometimes sometimes I do feel like they're just like putting a hand on my shoulder I just know that they're there and even through the tarot messages they would be sending me messages to say this trauma that's happened was meant to happen I've not enjoyed it I've not yeah. liked it yeah but it was meant to happen it was meant to happen to help me one level up uh, and ascend it was help it was meant to happen to help me grow it was meant to happen to help him grow. Yeah. I was meant to be part of his journey too. That's why I don't want to be too angry at him. You know, who knows? We, Who knows what the future may bring? I don't think I would ever take him back. Who knows what that person will look like in five years, what I'll be like in yeah. five years. Because will change again yeah. and I just think they are there this path was meant to happen I was meant to go through this pain even though it was hurtful this was I've meant to learn lessons from this and grow from this and yeah. um, and that's what will lead me even more to become who I'm going to be and it makes you a stronger person I know everything I've been through and I know people come in your life sometimes they stay and sometimes they go but we all, we all learn lessons from it 
and yeah. they, they say about love don't they being like a river and with someone it's like a babbling brook that love carries on it doesn't stop at that person no. it carries no. on it may be it deeper does. next time or it may be you know in a exactly. different way but it, it, it's yeah. like flowing water I will still love him yeah I will still have love for him and I still have love for my ex-husband even yes. though it wasn't great and it didn't work out and I feel exhausted by some of their behavior but yeah I do have a choice now to heal myself and and just be a little bit more firmer with my what I'm prepared to accept which I think is hard and I think it's it's not something you can just do easily when you're in situations like that I think you have to learn and grow to to become used to methods and find tools to help you with that yes certainly have you ever heard of the freedom project yes yeah I actually attended it have as well it's brilliant isn't it and I think that gives you the tools it really does does. I did that when I obviously left my ex-husband and then obviously in light of the fact that I uh, my partner left me this year and there were and really I wouldn't have thought he was like this but actually I've picked out elements of control even though we're not together he's tried to he, he made the decision to leave, but there have been certain behaviours that have been tried to control to keep the hook in. Since he's gone and, and because I uh, attempted suicide, the blessing of me attempting suicide and thankfully I, I didn't die. Yeah. What it did do is that it made the services wake up and listen to support my daughter a bit more. Good. And they also provided me with a domestic abuse worker to support me in managing my relationship with my ex-husband and the children. They've admitted that they should have been there for us more as a family. And yes, they've admitted that it's a shame that I had to get to that point. And actually, if they'd been there more from the beginning, maybe I wouldn't have been at that point. Yes. Or maybe my relationship might not have broken down. You know, one of the, some of the reasons that my partner left me is because of the, the way my ex-husband treated me and how much impact he had on our, our home. Yeah. And my daughter's behaviour and how challenging it could be. So there were some of the reasons he cited and I held on to those as valid reasons. But actually, in hindsight, he probably would have left anyway. Yeah, he was just an excuse, wasn't it, I think? Excuse, but my, my counsellors helped me to realise yes. that because I hung on. And I still try and find, even now, even though I'm a bit more confident five months on, I still, he blamed my work. Me working too much is one of the reasons. And I've recently got a new job. Part one of the reasons I wanted to leave is because I feel like it's attachment to him and my dynamic in life. So I just feel like the quicker I can release any cord with that, the better. Yes, that leads us on to the good news of how your life's changed. (laughs) Yeah, in five months, I have done a lot of self-reflection, self-healing. I've invested in counselling for myself. I go to the gym when I can, do my yoga, so I've increased my yoga. I do plan to take myself away at some point, do a yoga retreat somewhere on my own. Good. But I've managed to get a mortgage and secure myself a mortgage on my salary and buy my ex-partner or fiance out of the house fabulous finally signed the paperwork on friday yes read this friday just gone so very amazing i have also landed a new job which i was offered on wednesday last week congratulations Um, which is more more money 
I know money isn't everything, but for me now I'm on my own, it will be a big difference. And hopefully a role that can give me that bit more better work-life balance yeah. which I haven't had for the last five yeah. years and then I've also I have started seeing someone again uh seeing seeing someone so very early days yeah been very guarded very I've, I've approached this relationship in a very different way to met why the way I may have approached it with my ex-husband or my ex-fiance yes um, because I don't want anyone to be reckless with my heart again. Yeah. He has treated me nothing. He's treated me nothing like them, and I've been treated like a queen. Brilliant. Although I'm still like, oh, where's the where's the glitch? I think you know. I think as long as I'm I err on the side of caution and I let it progress how it needs to, and not yes. rush it. Yeah, I'm happy with that. But at the end of the day. One of my one of my fears was being alone. When James left, I was utterly devastated. My part, my fiance, when he left, I was utterly devastated, and I was so scared of my own and left yeah. on the shelf. And actually, now five months is on, and my the, the person that I'm seeing doesn't live too um, close to me, so we see each other when we can. It's yeah. it's nice, it's relaxed. But actually, I'm enjoying my own space, and I'm. Be- I'm growing to learn to be on my own. That's and I good. Think that's massive. Yeah. It's massive. Yeah. That's a big one, isn't it? I learned that a while ago. Yeah. It's, it's good to be able to sit there on your own and comfortable. It is. And not feel like you have to be on your phone or yeah. in contact with someone because that's what it was like initially yeah. for me. I couldn't, I couldn't not be in, communi- in contact with someone. Yeah. But now I'm just like, I'm quite happy to sit and watch a movie on my own or read a book or you know I'm getting there yeah take the listeners Yvonne is smiling lots of smiles (laughs) and happiness (laughs) five months you have come so far five months amazing and that's only the start of it it's going to just get better from here yeah certainly certainly we're going to move into the quick fire questions what makes you happy my family and my friends your favorite film eat pray love what is that about it's about a lady that decides to leave her husband for more spiritual enlightenment journey find, finds love and she travels to Italy, India and Bali. Oh wow. Is that on Netflix or it is on Netflix. Netflix. It's one of my favorites. I've watched it so many times and it's one of the films that made me grow the strength to leave my ex-husband and I still love the film now. Wow. I'm, I'm going to have to watch that one. What's on your bedside table? I have salt lamp and I have a lavender pillow spray and I have my Eat, Pray, Love book and Alice in Wonderland book. Lovely. Three things in your life that you're thankful for? Well, my children, they have to go without saying. Yes. I wouldn't, just couldn't imagine life without them. And obviously my, my, my parents, my health. Yeah. It has taken a bit of a hit this year, but I am grateful that I am healthy and I'm well enough to live and enjoy life. What would you say to your 16-year-old self? That's a tricky one because (laughs) I'd be like, don't marry him. (laughs) But then I'd have my kids. So that's a a bit of a double-edged sword. I would say love yourself more and be kind yourself no that's so true your favorite book eat pray love is one of them but um I love 
Alice in Wonderland. I think life's a bit like Alice. It in is, Wonderland. isn't it? It is. And one thing that would make this world a better place: more compassion. Yeah, totally. Last time you tried something new? Well, we've been in lockdown, so we can't really be adventurous, can we? No. <laughs> what have I tried new recently? New relationship. That is actually true. Yeah, a new relationship. Because that can be quite scary. It is. Um, It is scary. And a new job offer. Yeah, you've done quite a few new things. (laughs) Who inspires you? I get quite emotional at this point because I just think there are a lot of people that can inspire you. I, I, I do. I'm not knocking men at all, but I am a big I am a big feminist. And I think women inspire me I've got so many friends and and in fact one of my closest friends actually I'd say she inspires me the most she's the most kind-hearted soul and her child's terminally ill she remains so brave and positive and I know she's not always she remains kind and true to herself and true to others and I think it's such a rarity and I think there are a lot of women out there that show such a great amount of strength it is recognizing that and like supporting each other yeah no totally I do I know that's very generalized but you know it would be great to give some kind of person such as Gandhi or Mandela or um, Martin Luther King but actually I think being I think we should all be inspire each other yeah and by you sharing your story today it's going to inspire so many ladies it really is it's going to help so many thank you you've been absolutely amazing thank you so much it's been my pleasure wow what a powerful message it's okay not to be okay there are times that we need to stop and just breathe and be the way you need to be it's a season of healing you need to go through What a powerful journey Yvonne went through, learning to forgive herself first, value herself, put herself first and to step into the healing she needed. It's been a pleasure Yvonne to have you on today, thank you so much for taking the time out and to our listeners for listening today, thank you. Looking forward to our next podcast on Unleash Your Goddess. See you there.